Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing a recap of our recent trip to Walt Disney World. And we have a special guest in the studio today. We have my dad, <laughs> Bill, uh, who, on this Father's Day. Who, who just who just reached his arm up as if he, was, he got like some sort of sword. Uh, he was very excited. Very excited to be here. Welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome, Bill. Thank you. I would say long, I would say long time listener, but I don't think you've ever listened to the podcast. <laughs> no. I I do listen. I do listen to the podcast occasionally. <laughs> All right, this is gonna be fun. Clearly, clearly awkward for uh, for radio here, but this is this is good. So, uh, so yeah. So my dad went with us when we went to Walt Disney World over Memorial Day. So we wanted to include him because I'm sure our listeners are probably tired of us just <laughs> recapping all of our trips. So we have a different perspective. You haven't been to Walt Disney World in like six years. So a lot of stuff was new for you. So it'd be good to kind of get a, uh, a first timer's insight to some of this stuff. A, a pair of fresh eyes. It, nodding, Bill, is not an effective way of communicating on podcasts. I'm looking forward to talking about our trip and to give your audience a perspective of a senior citizen. <laughs> and uh, I am. And how the pandemic restrictions and things like that affected, uh, you know, someone of my age. And and for, for some perspective, he's 71, 72? 71. 71. But you but, look good for 71. Yeah, he, he, for real. Bill does not look like he's this, 71. This is going to be hard. Angela's just laughing hysterically throughout <laughs> this whole thing. All right, but before we jump into the trip recap, I want to talk some Disney news. So a lot of the news is around the theme parks. So I think we'll kind of touch on that as we talk about the trip recap because a lot of the things we encountered in terms of restrictions are no more. Like Things are just changing extremely rapidly, so we'll kind of touch on that. The mask updates, the you know social distancing and everything is, is kind of gone. Um, but Angela, one thing I know you wanted to talk about was Luca. Luca oh, came out on Friday. On Disney+, Plus. You know, I think Disney is doing Pixar dirty here by so dirty. making it free. I like it that you don't have to pay for it, but it's like, why is Pixar just this you know free movie when I think Luca was far better than Raya, which you had to pay for? Right. So Luca, without giving anything away, was just so much fun. It was fantastical. Uh, some of the visuals were beautiful. It was a fun, it was just a really fun kind of breezy summary movie. It wasn't like super deep like a lot of some Pixar movies are, but I will say that it there definitely- There were layers to it. Yeah, though. there were layers to it and it did have the same emotion. I know I yelled, no, at the TV and then started to ugly cry. Um, that is not- an exaggeration, right, Joe? No, it is not. I laughed at you hysterically when you were crying like that. <laughs> Probably not the best reaction, but I, I found it funny when when you just started crying over. Yeah, but it, it was a it was a really good movie. It was different. I mean, it did have these kind of like you said, fantastical elements that were unique for Pixar, and it, it kind of was like, oh wow, like they're doing something a little bit different. And, it was a little fresh. I, I liked it overall. And, though. good story. And by fantastic, I mean you know, I mean. They're animated movies, and so of course they're all fantastical. But it was like almost things, like a dream world. Yeah, type it was stuff. like there yeah. were dream kind of sequences where you didn't quite know that something was actually if it was actually going on or it wasn't. Um, which again, that's not a spoiler. It's just you know like a fun little thing that they played with. Yeah, but it was only like an hour and like twenty minutes. I mean, it's a quick movie, but it was good. So yeah, definitely check it out if you've not checked it out already. Because again. It's free on Disney+. Plus. You don't need to pay a premium access fee for it. You can't see it in theaters, which, again, I think is a 
little bit of a downside that you know the last two Pixar movies have not been in theaters. Hopefully Disney does not continue that trend with Pixar. Right. Hopefully they you know start releasing these in theaters because I, I think this would have been a, a big box office success for and, them. And one final thing. Machiavelli, the cat, on point. Yeah, we need some La- plushes of that Laughing cat. out loud. Hilarious. I want a plush. He's great. Yep. Or uh, she. I think he's supposed to be a he, though. I'm not sure. Machiavelli. No, he's a he. Yeah, because definitely in the end credits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want to give anything away, but yeah, yep. definitely in the end credits, he's a he. All right, and then getting into theme park news. So the big news we'll touch on is that fireworks are coming back. Everybody I know was really excited about this on the internet. People are really looking forward to this. When are fireworks coming back? When are they coming back? So Disney World, they're coming back July 1st, so just in time for the 4th of July. And then over at Disneyland, I believe it is July 4th. So Disney World, it's just going to be at uh, Happily Ever After at Magic Kingdom. And they're not doing Harmonious yet at Epcot. They're doing the old show, um, Epcot Forever, over there, like a modified version of it. But uh, no Fantasmic or anything over at Hollywood Studios. And then over at Disneyland, they're just doing the fireworks and projection mapping show at Disneyland. So nothing on World of Color yet. Um, Hopefully, maybe that comes out later. So that's that's great news. And then again, basically all of the other restrictions are lifted. So we'll kind of start here with our trip recap because this is kind of the one thing I, I wanted to, to start on was kind of the, the safety you know measures Disney was going through. Because if, if you listen to our last trip recap from November, we talked a lot about the social distancing and the mass requirements. And a lot of that had already changed by the end of May. And now... You know, masks were no longer required as of this last week. Basically, and anywhere cast members now no longer have to wear them outside. Right? Yeah, and and cast members no longer need them anymore. So when we went uh, a couple weeks ago, you did not need masks outdoors. You still needed them indoors uh, and, and on the attractions, on attractions, in lines. Uh, and they also had social distancing still, kind of, in the lines. They had the markers down. They were starting to get rid of them, but they still had, like the plexiglass dividers, which I know. That was kind of one thing for me. I, I didn't love that, especially on like Frozen Ever After. It was very difficult to see. I, my, I don't like it on Mickey and Minnie's because we've always sat in that second row. So we've never had an un-impeded like, view of what's in front of us on Mickey and Minnie's. And we've ridden Mickey and Minnie's several times. Like the last time we were there, we rode it four times. And I think the time this time, this, this past time, I think we rode it just twice. Yeah. I think we rode it twice. Yeah, yeah, and we always got stuck in that second row. So I... Now that they've taken that down, I would love to go back and just ride it again without them. Yeah, so I, I think there's there's really not a, a ton of value in going into the restrictions and stuff in place because, again, they, they are gone. So masks are no longer required uh, indoors on the attractions as well. I believe they're only required on the Skyliner and the monorail buses, but who knows? That may change quickly. Um, the social distancing markers are gone. Like I said, I, I kind of noticed they were starting to pick them up when we were there, but they seem to all be gone now. Also, it seems like all of the dividers on attractions are pretty much gone. I know they are running Mickey and Minnie's pre-show now. They're running the the stretching room at the Haunted Mansion pre-show just reopened. So it seems like most of the attractions are getting back to normal. I don't I don't know about Flight of Passage, but yeah, it's it seems like most of the attractions are getting back to normal and they're, you know, they're kind of loading at full capacity at this point. So really, I think the only thing that really isn't back yet once fireworks start is actual meet and greets where you can walk up to the characters and like a full on parade. But I will start. I'll ask you both. Did you think going with no fireworks, no parades, no meet and greets, kind of social distancing, 
was it still worth it? Kind of was the Disney magic still there? Dad, I'll start with you on this one because again, you haven't been there in a while. Um, so this was kind of your your first time back in a few years. Did, did you still find the magic was there? Yes, I did. I found the magic was still there. It was a little bit laid back. Uh, I had a thoroughly enjoyable time. Uh, I was thinking, as as especially in the Magic Kingdom, when you saw uh, parents with young children, uh, when those children were looking forward to, you know, where is Mickey, where is Minnie, uh, the characters, uh, that was probably the most disappointing part for, you know, younger families whose children are, you know, expected to be able to see the characters. But as far as the magic, Disney's always Disney, and they maintain the quality uh, that gives you the perspective of, of just a carefree, happy place to be. And uh, they did a very, very good job during the pandemic to keep that up. Yeah, um, I completely agree with Bill. Uh, he... It was really nice being there. Again, we went in November, so it was a little bit more laid back. Um, I did find one thing about it. I mean, again, not to go too much into the the mask policy, but I thought it was funny that you had to still wear the masks in line when the lines were outside. I thought that part was kind of interesting. Yeah, and that was kind of a, a gray area, too. I mean... I feel like once you got in the attraction building, for sure, like there were cast members kind of reminding you some of the outdoor cues, though, you didn't need them. Yeah, yeah, you needed them. And so that part for me was a little like kind of murky. Um, But uh, overall, I thought it was great. Actually, I loved that there were no nighttime shows. Um, We went pretty hard in the morning. um, And I know that Bill and I actually on, I think, what, at least one or two occasions, we actually went back to the hotel early um joe went out to disney springs by himself because we were just so spent it was hot it was 95 to 97 yeah 96 uh the one day well uh again which is disappearing i'm sure now but um the queue all the queue lines basically were out in the sun you were out standing in the heat to prepare to get on a ride once you got to the queue line and you had a on your mask and stuff you were able to just walk through you weren't uh you weren't backed up they evidently were trying to keep people apart from one another uh social distancing inside the buildings and you spent a lot more time outside in the sun and it it did worry out and then i could imagine it had this extended into you know july and august it at times could have oh, become unbearable. That would have been awful. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely was hot. I mean, that that's one thing. It was it was in the 90s. It was humid. And, it, you know, I will say it, when it is hot like that, it almost is better. Go early. And we, yeah. we took advantage of the early park opening. They were still opening right. every park like 45 minutes early. So we tried to get there. You know, we, we tried to get on a bus, you know, an hour before park opening. So we were kind of there yeah, for I as mean, early as park opening as possible. If somebody didn't have to do their makeup, Joe... I you know. know we could have been there a little earlier. Hey, you got to look good. You didn't know if anybody was going to recognize me. I had to make sure <laughs> I was on point. But yeah, so so we got there early and then you know, really you had a few hours where the crowds were light, you could get on a lot of stuff very quickly and then you can kind of take the middle part of the day, go back to the hotel, take it easy, and then coming back at night it seemed to be a little bit lighter because I will say and this is one thing I noticed. I mean, crowds are definitely back. I mean, compared oh, to yeah what it was in November and we went over Thanksgiving and it was, you know, pretty light crowds. 
there were a lot more people in those parks. Now, I will say, because you see a lot of pictures of people posting the crowds and saying how crazy it is, we still didn't wait any more than like a half an hour for anything. The longest we waited for anything was for Slinky Dog Dash, and I think it was 45 minutes. Um, that line took forever, and this might this is probably a controversial opinion, but I think Slinky Dog is a letdown of a ride. So for me, it was not worth it, but um, that is the longest that we waited for anything. Right, and we knew it was going to be long i mean it's always around that length and we kind of ridden everything else right. so we said hey we don't mind waiting the 45 minutes and that's a little bit more in shaded too like that's yeah. undercover a little bit more but yeah other than that i don't think we waited more than 20 or 30 minutes so even though it was more crowded and you could definitely tell there were more people there the lines moved and you know you hear a lot of people saying i want fast pass back and we even had cast members um were kind of telling us that they like it without fast pass because they have to let like 80% of like the fast pass line through and only 20% of the standby. So yeah, actually fast pass like will increase lines. Like lines move better, even though it's crowded, the lines move better without when there's the no fast, fast pass. pass. Yeah. So even though it's crowded, it, it still moved pretty well. And I mean, I think we got to do pretty much everything we wanted to. Yeah. I don't, I can't think of one. The only thing that we didn't get to do that I wanted to do was food related because we didn't make it to Nomad Lounge to get churros. So I didn't eat a single churro on this trip. And I do take issue with that, but my stomach was full most of the time. You just got to go back. That's all. Exactly. But I will say touching back on the characters real quick. We didn't see Mickey. Angela, I know you made I was so upset. We did not see Mickey or Minnie the entire trip. Not one time. We saw Chippendale three times. Um, I think that they had, we saw them the most. And I think we saw, um, trying to think who else we saw. Oh, Pocahontas. I, we just missed Pocahontas and Miko on the river. I was really upset. I was trying to hang out by the river because we, she was, I mean, we just saw the back of her hair and Miko. I didn't even realize who it was. Joe had to say it. Um, so that was an animal kingdom and we never saw her again, but we saw the princess princesses a couple times too. So, um, but no Mickey and Minnie. Right. And one other thing I will say kind of about the crowd level and just, you know, things going on. The one thing I was kind of surprised by is Disney's bus situation. And this was different oh, from even yeah. when we were there in November. So the Magical Express, they have buses that aren't Mears buses taking you. So we had a, a, a normal Magical Express bus coming to the hotel. But going back to the airport, it was a different bus service. There aren't enough Disney buses anymore. So they're kind of subbing that out to, I believe it's Academy um, buses. And it's more like a, more like a Magical Express bus where you're two seats and two seats where you're actually in a seat. So like if you have a wheelchair, you can't get on those buses. So it was odd to see that, that there's like that much of a bus shortage going on that they have to have these non-Disney buses driving around everywhere. Yeah, I think it's a a hiring issue, um, not a bus issue. I think they have the buses. It's just that they couldn't get people to drive them. But Right, they don't have the bus drivers. Right, right. 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 But um, I will say a un- unintended side effect of the academy buses as opposed to the the disney buses is those academy buses are comfy they are nice with your nice padded seats and um i mean i felt like they didn't wait around as long um so if you kind of caught one at the right time I, I know there were a couple times where we caught them really well like we got in sat down they didn't wait that long and then we just left and they were comfy and they were cool right but that is you know something that's like odd like if you're going to disney and you're expecting disney buses and this other random bus comes up you're like is this the right bus am i supposed to get on it 
Um, but you are. So it always got us to where we needed to go. But it, it is just strange. And then the Magical Express bus, that was weird. Because going back to the airport, I'm like, is this the right bus to get on? Like, are you, <laughs> you the Magical Express that's supposed to pick us up? And they're like, yeah, we are. So yeah, it's, that, that was kind of strange. So you're starting to kind of see that, that they're not, like you said, able to hire enough people back. And the other thing um, about those buses too that you know I was a little worried and I was kind of like oh, I don't want to ride a non-Disney bus but I thought that the the bus drivers were equally as kind equally as professional equally equally as chipper the things that you expect from you know your Disney bus drivers and basically your cast members in general that kind of upbeat pers- personality the all of the bus drivers that we encountered it was like they worked for Disney. They were, I think that they were happy to be doing that um, because they get to take people to and from Disney world, which is a fun place to take people. So yeah, I I thought that was, you know, another notable thing. Totally. All right. So let's, let's kind of jump into our kind of day by day. So the first day we did was magic kingdom and we did get park hopper this time. Uh, which was nice. I know last time we went, there was no park hopper. I kind of talked about that was you know nice too, being able to just spend a whole day at a park. I do think with the heat and kind of the increase in crowds, it was nice to be able to leave. And we did a lot of park hopping into Epcot because we didn't want to yes. make a reservation for Epcot because it, Epcot opens at 11 and you can park hop at two. So you're really only getting three hours when you can go to Animal Kingdom or Magic Kingdom at eight. And you can get much more time there and then just park hop into Epcot because it's open later. This is the logistical genius that is Joe. So he he figures all this stuff out because I would have been booking those Epcot uh, early early hours and he was 100% right. Yeah, those three hours, it, it's not necessarily worth it. Yeah, and until Remy opens, there's no reason to be one of the first people in Epcot. True. Because you can kind of ride stuff later in the day. So we did Magic Kingdom first. And like I said, we got there early. And so we were able to ride quite a bit right at the beginning. Like I think we did Haunted Mansion, um, Pirates. Pirates, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, so we were, we were able to get a lot pretty quickly. Uh, and we had Mickey Waffles for breakfast too. Yeah, we did. Um, so that was good. They were excellent, yes. <laughs> yeah, I got the ones with uh, Nutella. I think Becky from Disney and Your Your Day, I think she posted something about them a while ago. So I was like, got to get that. And good recommendation, Becky, because it was really good. Yeah, we got on the people mover. We got oh, in yes. line. It broke. And I was concerned that we weren't going to get on it. But then we did. We were, we were able to get on it eventually. And during like the hottest part of the day, we were melting literally. Um, so yeah, but it, we got, we, the second time we waited, we waited for what, like 10, 15 yeah, minutes. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't long. It wasn't that long. So, but I mean, I think, you know, pretty typical stuff again at magic kingdom when we kind of hit, you know, all the highlights, uh, you know, jungle cruise, uh, seven dwarfs, everything like that. We saw a couple parades, carousel Cavalcades. progress. Yeah. Sorry. A couple, couple cavalcades did a carousel progress. So dad, what was your favorite, uh, attraction in the magic kingdom this time? Uh, there were there weren't any new attractions, but of course, uh, you know, you can't go to Magic Kingdom without hitting Space Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, uh, the Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, all those wonderful attractions that uh, you look forward to when you know you're going to the Magic Kingdom. They they they're all great. No, it it was it was quite fun. Uh, Jungle Cruise was great. Um, you know, all the little things in the Magic Kingdom were were very very enjoyable. And, and a little note about the Jungle Cruise: when we saw it, there was just a rhino. Like there was nobody on the. I don't even think the pole was there. Right? Was the pole there? 
Right, yeah, because they're in the middle of like converting all those scenes over, so they just had the rhino moving up and down, and it was like attacking nothing. Um, right. So that was really and some of the scenes were just covered with tarps and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah it was, was kind of strange. Still great though. I mean, they they kind of still have the same jokes. They haven't really switched over to the new like storyline yet fully because I think they're you know still in the middle of switching everything over. But yeah, we had a good skipper too. I thought she was really funny. Yeah, but I think the the big thing at the Magic Kingdom, and this is where we tried some new food places we had not tried before. So the one place uh, we ate at the first day was the Jungle Cruise Skipper Canteen. So this is a sit-down restaurant, and Ansel, you, you kind of wanted to eat there. You read some good reviews about it. You said, hey, let's try it out. Yeah, I was excited because I saw that they had a few different dishes that were vegetarian. I think one of them might have been like a stew or so. I, I can't exactly remember. Um, I think it was a, a stew. So I didn't want to get that because it was 90, again, 93 to 97 degrees outside. So I ended up getting a curry. Um, but I will say it was really meh. I would never order to order it again. There was oh, there was a stew component that came with it. It was pretty bland. The rice was plain. The tofu was really nicely fried, but flavorless. And the only saving grace to the whole thing was Joe actually got Joe and um, Bill got tastes like chicken because it is. And there was a little um, chili glaze that came with that. And Joe doesn't like anything with like any kind of you know spicy flavor to it. So I used his chili glaze on my tofu, and that made them taste quite good. Again, it was just not that great. And then for dessert, we ordered the Congolouche cake. But um, again, I use the word cake lightly because it wasn't really sweet. The saving grace on that dish was the caramel ice cream, but you got like a spoonful and a half of it. So we were kind of like, I, I don't want to say we weren't fighting over it, but we were all like really wanting to to eat that. But I don't know. I know Bill also got the Congolouche, and you know what? What do you what did you think of the food? I'm a bland food lover. <laughs> This is Joe, where Joe gets it from. Joe is also, for those who <laughs> want to know. We we had chicken uh, with rice and mixed vegetables. Uh, it was uh, a fried chicken. It was delicious. Yeah, I it thought looked, the chicken was good. Yeah. I mean, I, I really good. enjoyed it, the chicken. It really was. It had a very good flavor, but wasn't overwhelming. Um, the the rice was plain. It almost had like a sweet was, flavor to yes. it. I mean, for a fried chicken, it it didn't taste like a... Did, did, like it, a, did it taste like chicken? It did taste like chicken, but it, it did almost have like a sweetness to it. I don't know if there was maybe like a buttermilk um, in the breading, but it it was like a sweeter uh, like fry and breading to it. Like I it wasn't was, expecting it. But it, but it was. It was good, though. It was very good. Yeah, it definitely was good. I, I will say... The, the price tag was... I think a, it was, was overpriced. Quite, yeah, yeah, very high. I mean, the Congolouche cake, I wouldn't have paid $3 for it, let alone 9 That's what we paid. And we got two of them, too, I think, because Bill got We one. did. They're pretty small. Yeah, yeah we knew they, they, they were they small. They were quite small. Yeah, and I don't yeah. even know... I don't know if either of us even finished it because we were like, uh, you know, we were really like not... I mean, it's pretty tiny. It's pretty hard not to finish it, but yeah, but I mean... I, I don't think we either any of us really desired to quite finish it. Yeah, but I mean, the chicken, it, it definitely was a good portion of chicken. And like I said, it was good. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Was it a big piece of chicken. Yeah, it, it, came with, it came with rice and vegetables and stuff. But yeah, it definitely was not worth the higher price tag. So it's a sit-down restaurant. So obviously, you're paying more. You know, it's Disney. It's sit-down. So it's going to be more than like a quick service or something. But that's not a place I feel like I would go back back to a lot. But I will say, you're not really going there, I think, for the food. Right. You're going there for the atmosphere. And I don't know why I didn't think of this, but I wasn't expecting 
it to be like the Jungle Cruise, even though it's called the Jungle Cruise Skipper Canteen. But it is a perfect extension of the Jungle Cruise. So our waitress, every time she came to the table, she had those like corny jokes that they do on the Jungle Cruise, like every single time. And she's you know trying to give you like little riddles. And that was hysterical. And for like, I wasn't expecting it. I don't know why. Like I should have been. But that almost made the meal. Right, exactly. It, well, the first time she came to us, she said, is this your first time here? And we said, yeah. She said, oh, good. It's my first day. And Bill and I both thought. Yeah, you guys fell was, for that. Yeah, we we, it was a, I was talking that we should give her an extra special tip and then realized that. You guys are like, she's doing good for her first day. They they say, all the skippers say that when you get on the boats. So, uh, <laughs> But so, that was interesting. Yeah, we bought that one hook, line, and sinker uh, until Joe pointed it out. Uh, comment, I, I was, wanted to uh, bring up a subject since I'm on here representing the ARP generation. <laughs> um, and the younger generation that goes there uh, you know yourselves, you're almost integrated into your uh, cell phone. The older folks, not so much. And uh, would think that if you went to Disney, I'm in an amusement park. I don't want somebody bothering me. I don't need a phone or anything like that. Uh, I understand when you have the fast pass program and stuff going like that, that they communicate with you through that. The interesting thing was at the sit-down restaurant, there were no menus. They wanted you to go on your phone and access the menu on your phone. It was like that also at most of the restaurants or, or eating establishments throughout the parks. Uh, if you wanted to have something, the best way to get it was to go on and pre-order and you would be notified when your food was ready to go pick it up since they were trying to limit the amount of people in the restaurants. Now, uh, you understand that inconvenience when they're the pandemic situation. However, I was concerned with, because it seemed to work really well, and it seemed to get people going. It, there, there was never a backup at one of the establishments because people were only coming back when it was their time. And it seemed like, well, they may do this, you know, permanently, which would make it more difficult for folks that just wanted to be able to walk up and, and, and get in. So you couldn't tell by uh, how many people were standing in front of a, a eating establishment as to whether there was a line, whether you could get in or whether you couldn't. Yeah, you, that's, you a, that's a good point. I mean, with, with the mobile order, that's still a big thing at Disney. And to your point, the menus, they, they are doing like the QR codes. Now, I do think they have paper, like if you don't have a, a phone. And I imagine menus will kind of start coming back as a lot of these restrictions get lifted. But you know, if you need a menu, you could you could ask for it. But, but the mobile order is definitely um, a big thing. And I know that a lot of people are having issues with that too yeah I, I will i will speak to i didn't even there was one time where joe went back to the room and he had my cell phone and so bill and i wanted like a little snack we needed something to eat at the end of the day bill and i probably waited for a half an hour 45 minutes in the cafeteria waiting for our food and i think bill you got you got um turkey dinner was it turkey dinner i i did it was actually quite 
quite good food. Yeah. Um, and I got a muffin. So I, we waited like 45 minutes. I, I mean, in line and yes. probably another 10, 15 minutes at least for our food after that. Yeah. And so for that one, because you didn't have like a smart device, you were able, they were able to order for you. Yeah. You essentially could do through the mobile order. A walk up, but it was really slow because people weren't, it weren't looking at the menu before they got there. They weren't really available. Um, like we kind of knew what we wanted in advance, but a lot of people would go up and then make their decision. And so the transactions weren't flowing very quickly. Yeah. And this is, I mean, you know, Disney's having the issue with mobile ordering at Disneyland that it's filling up too quickly because they don't have enough restaurants open. And there's a lot of complaints that it's hard. You have to, you know, mobile order two hours in advance, you know, if you want to eat your lunch because you're not going to get your, your window, you know, Disney world, they have plenty of windows open, but there, you know, there is an issue. And this is something I think Disney is going to have to work out because, you run into the issue and I've heard people complain about this and, and I was kind of thinking of it when we were down there that like, let's say I mobile order it. Well, that's coming on my phone as an alert in the My Disney Experience app that our food's ready. And so I have to be there to get the food. So if I'm, you know, at the other end of the park and I order and I say, hey, I'll meet you over at Backlot Express, let's say in Hollywood Studios. You're, they're not going to be able to let you in. Like you want to be able to go in, even though our food's ready, unless you had my phone. Yeah. And so that's kind of an issue. I think Disney's going to have to figure something out because you figure if you have families, yeah, I was going to maybe say, one parents off with the kids. Yeah. Like they're going to have to figure that out. And it it is a valid concern that people have that when you have this push to just mobile order, you need a way to like text that confirmation to you or something or like they, that. You can even link an account, you know, like this is the family account. We ordered from the family account. And then that way, anybody from that family group can pick up the food. Yeah, definitely. I'm sorry. We interrupted you though. You said the turkey, you had the turkey dinner. I know you really like that art of animation. They're kind, of, they're kind of known for being a little bit better uh, food options well, for the value resorts. Yes. Art of animation. Uh, and we've stayed there before. About five years ago on, on the last trip I made to Disney. One of the other things about uh, that, it's sort of a food court type atmosphere. Uh, very nice, very clean, and, and, and the service is great. But they, um, uh, you could not go in and look, at, look around. You, you had to order, you had to know. So, um, you know, you could go to the uh, menu we just wanted to get something for breakfast for the next day. So we had it before the restaurant opened. Well, they, they have a, uh, the restaurant in there is great. I mean, they have a whole bakery section. I remember they had a, an ice cream section, uh, you know, where they make you fresh waffles and things like that, but there was nothing out there. Everything was being made back in the kitchen. So what I missed is, you know, I figured three or four times I was going to go and pick my favorite piece of cake or pie or roll or things like that. You have no choice. So we, just to be generic, we kept ordering blueberry muffins. Yeah, I was just going to say, I that's a perfect point because there needs to be like a quick pick section. You know, like if you just want, because those muffins, they're not Well, they typically do right have there. that. I mean, that is one of the things that right. they don't have But right I'm now, saying yeah. like, you know, if they just had a little side thing, if you just need a little snack, but if you just need a little snack again, I mean, now Bill did order the turkey dinner, but I mean, I waited all that time for a muffin. So again, it came together. I understand. But I don't know how much faster it maybe would have come even if we would have just ordered 
the muffin. So that I think could really help their traffic issues because I bet you there's a lot of people who are doing stuff like that. They just want something quick. Um, and honestly, if it's like, okay, I'm going to eat a muffin or a piece of pizza. Well, I can get the piece of pizza in, four, in 20 minutes or I can get a muffin right now. I'll get the muffin. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's going to come back. I mean, they, they have that food court so shut down again because of the social distancing and all the pandemic restrictions. So I imagine as those are lifted, those they're not going to, you know, keep those kind of refrigerators bare that have those, you know, quick grab, you know, drinks and snacks and stuff. I imagine that's going to come back that you'll be able to go in there pretty quickly. But you're right. If you just want a quick snack, it takes forever because you're kind of waiting in line in this, you know, mobile ordering line. You're, you're kind of behind everybody. Even if it's a quick thing, you know, they're, they're putting you behind everybody else. And that's kind of a little bit of a tip, too. If you're a person that knows that you're going to want or need little snacks, bring your own. It'll save you so much time. Yeah, we saw a lot of people getting Amazon delivered. Amazon yeah. groceries. That's the first time we've seen that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a tip, too. You can get Amazon groceries delivered uh, to the resort. And we, we saw quite a few people doing that. I think that Disney did a commendable job with the f- food services. It seemed that uh, when you got your food, no matter where you were, it, you know, your food was hot, uh, everything was fresh and things like that. But I'm sure that uh, Disney itself lost, you know, a good bit of uh, revenue from this because, like I said, part of the key of being there and being on vacation is, wow, that looks good. I'm good at buy it and that looks good let's go and try it and you weren't able to have that you know the ability to do that but you know pandemics are pandemics so uh i'm just so thankful i got to go to disney yeah and and you're right i mean the cast members again we talked about this last time we went the cast members are are great through all of this i mean they just they are still trying their hardest to make sure everybody has a great time i kind of felt bad for them you know because everybody outside basically isn't wearing masks anymore. Um, but they all still kind of had their, their masks on. Now I'm sure a lot of them probably wanted it because they probably say, hey, I don't want to be <laughs> all these tourists. I don't want all these you know, yeah. germs from these tourists. But you know, now they, like we said, they don't have to wear masks outdoors if they don't want to, which you know, I think is nice. Again, if that's something that you know, they want to do or not. But th- they are, again, kind of going above and beyond to make sure everybody has a, a great time. One other speaking of the cast members, um, it was really interesting going down there for the first time since Disney res- uh, lifted their cast member, some of their cast member restrictions. So I would saw, have never known. We saw a number of cast members with tattoos, um, you know, facial hair, things like that. So it was really cool to see people being able to express themselves um, in that way when, you know, before I, it never even occurred to me that you weren't seeing those kind of things, but they would have had to have had sleeves or something on if they had tattoos on their arms. One thing that I missed, you if you want to know something that you miss at Disney, uh, because all the cast members were wearing masks, you didn't see a smile. Yeah. And, yep. and that's something, you, you know, other amusement parks around the country, yeah, maybe, maybe you're having a bad day. Disney cast members, you always get a, a, a nice smile from them, uh, a greeting. Well, you know, they still say hello, how are you today? But uh, you didn't see the smiles. That that is, that is true. That's a good point. But I want to go back real quick, Angela, what you're saying on the, the dress code change, because we, we kind of talked about this. And you mentioned it. Like you said, oh, hey, you know, it's nice. They lifted those restrictions. People can, you, you know, some tattoos on people. And I kind of told you, like, if I would not have known that Disney changed their policy, I don't think I would have noticed because it, it wasn't anything that seemed out of place or out of the ordinary at all. It wasn't like, 
people were were dressing so differently that like right. it would have stood out to me. Like if Disney had not issued a press release, I would have not thought twice that I saw somebody with a tattoo on them. Right. You know, or you know, somebody with piercings or you know nail polish or anything like that. Like it just it seemed normal to me. So I mean, I think that you know it's good that Disney changed that, but it's just kind of interesting that like this whole big thing was made about it and it almost just seems like yeah it's commonplace like oh this is this this isn't how it always was like it like you said it was nice to see when you recognized it but you kind of just subconsciously don't even notice it right yeah i i agree and i don't know it's just i just think it's interesting like just then you know they're normalizing some of those things and you realize like hey people who are tatted up like disney and like they're normal people too like it, yeah, most not- of the tattoos are like disney or like um you know, we saw like Super Mario tattoos or Pokemon. I mean, they're all in that like pop culture fandom, you know, that, that they're right. wearing. And so it, it was pretty interesting to oh, see. So. And shout out to the woman who did was not a cast member, but had an amazing group of um, Disney villain tattoos. She had, I think it was Hades, Ursula and Scar on her arm. And I had to stop in the, I think we were at Hollywood Studios and compliment her because they were so fire. We eventually park hopped into Epcot. They had the Flower and Garden Festival going on, so it was awesome to see the topiaries, but also a lot of different food options. So we definitely got the new Orange Bird Sipper, which was delicious. It had a little extra bite to it. I don't know if they changed a little bit. I think uh, Becky over at Disney Your Day mentioned there's she thinks there's lemon in it, which I think makes sense because it had a little bit extra snap. But what were some of the other good food options there? Because I know, Angela, you, you tried quite a few. Okay, so... First, I'm going to start with the one that I tried that I wasn't a fan of. And again, these are all ones that are meatless. So I tried the Sopa de Chorizo from Mexico. Um, It sort of tasted like a loaded nacho, but it didn't have any crunch to it, which made it kind of mm, eh. Um, It was spicy and good, but not great. And the chorizo itself was pretty bland. Um, So if you have the opportunity to go over across the road to trowel and trellis because it's literally right there they have an amazing korean short rib uh it's made with impossible meat it was savory and smoky the rice balanced it out well the pickled veggies can't that came with it had kind of like a nice sour crispness and like a good texture to them the remain i didn't love that came with it it kind of tasted like a grill like but you know i love that dish overall it's a pretty big portion and, um, yeah, I, I think that the pieces of meat, all of them together were probably fist size. Like they were fist size. They were pretty big. I also ordered the soup. It was a kale and sausage soup because I, usually they're small plates. Um, so I got that as well. It was super hearty and beanie and very salty, um, big hunks of potato. And I, again, I had both of them at the same time. And if I could do it again, I would have ordered one. And then the next time we came back, ordered the other because I struggled. But of course, it's like against my beliefs to leave anything and throw anything away. So it was they were both delicious. If I had to pick a favorite, though, it's that Korean short rib. It was incredible. I know you try a lot of food. So that was a good recap. One thing I want to mention from Epcot is the harmonious barges Oh my! Goodness. in the middle of the World Showcase Lagoon because I'd heard, we've heard about them, but they are a different thing to see in person. Um, mm-hmm. are, they are, are out of control. Are you talking about the barricades that prevent you from seeing across the lake? Yes, that's a good. <laughs> oh, that's oh. a good way to put it. Barricades across the lake. Yeah, I mean they. I, I can't believe Disney did this. I mean they completely ruined the views ac- across World Showcase. I mean when you're walking in, the American Adventure Pavilion Japan, they just disappear as you're walking yeah. around it because these barges are so big. Um, we actually had a. Uh, 
oh my goodness we had a photo uh, photo pass photographer yes. take a photo of us like we were kind of joking around. We were by Italy, and we were like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, does anybody ask you to take a picture in front of the the, the crazy barges?" And uh, and he's like, "Oh, we could definitely do that." So we like turned around, yeah. even though he wasn't set up for that way, and took a picture of these yeah. things. We the, have some pretty funny pictures of us in front of those. I mean, but they're they are terrible looking. They are monstrosities. I mean, this this better be the greatest show they've ever made because it's. It's pretty bad that they maybe, just plop this in the middle of the lagoon. Maybe they'll open up like those Doctor Strange esque like portals. That's maybe what it that's... looks like. It looks like like a portal to go somewhere. I mean, now if that if that was a portal like Disneyland, I could get behind it. <gasps> Ooh, like I a like Doctor Strange portal that goes right into the Sanctum over in Avengers Wait, Campus. Think bigger. Do we have to go to like we could also go to like Shanghai or someplace? Well, that I'm just thinking. Takes you, a long time. To you fly got to. Doctor Strange show over at Avengers Campus. Okay, fair. But yeah, it was it it was crazy to see in person. I mean, you know, pictures don't really do them justice. You gotta you gotta be there to believe it. I'm literally I was trying to find a, a better way of put it, but it's just they're they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> they are. So, but yeah, but PhotoPass was great. All all the PhotoPass photographers there were good. So let's move on to uh, some of the new stuff. So let's move on to Hollywood Studios because there's there's a lot of new stuff there, and also over in Animal Kingdom, a lot of new stuff. So let's talk Hollywood Studios. So we'll start with. Angela's favorite new ride, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. <laughs> so, Dad, here's the big question. What do you think of Chuby? Because Angela hyped him up like crazy. So, how was your first Chuby experience? And don't forget that there is a Chuby right here um, on the shelf watching you. Chuby's always watching. As you there are is talking. a Chuby, so say nice things about Chuby. Yes, uh, exactly. Chuby is not extremely prominent in the, in <laughs> that's the, an the thing. Yeah, that, that's a uh, nice way to say it. In the attraction, but... Being prompted by uh, the Enchanted Ears folks, I knew where to look and I made sure I saw it. So it, it, it was a it was a very cute uh, addition, but uh, certainly not prominent. But uh, the whole attraction was was, was quite fun. Yeah, what do you think of the attraction? I mean, that's you know trackless ride vehicle. It's pretty high tech. We rode that before we rode Rise of the Resistance. So. Yeah, and you're inside a cartoon. Yep. Yeah, it, it's the uh, the attention to detail is is amazing. Uh, I I love the way the vehicles moved individually. Yeah, it's supposed to be a train when you start out. I don't want to be a spoiler, but yeah, you start out on a train ride and then you become uh, immersed in the cartoon uh, with uh, completely independent cars. So uh, it, it it really it really was well done, and of course the uh, artistry and the animation in the ride. Uh, what you would expect from Disney. Yeah, it's it's still impressive to see that. I mean, now I say still, and we've only written it on like two separate occasions. We've written it multiple times, but it still is impressive to see yeah, that animation style and the projection mapping, how they make it almost 3D. You know, it's not a flat 2D image on the wall, that there is some depth to it. Uh, and it is very colorful in how it changes. It It is a, a very impressive attraction. I mean, it makes sense that they're you know, kind of fast tracking one over at Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. I love it. That's a great ride. And also since I've been watching the Mickey cartoons, like crazy, those cartoons are so fun. And I felt, it felt like being in one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tied into that. So you kind of get a better appreciation for it. So, all right. But, but the, the big new land is galaxy's edge. And dad, I know you really enjoyed galaxy's edge. I think you, you thought that that was, Maybe even better than Pandora, and we'll, we'll talk about Pandora here uh, in a minute. But I, I think you you were really impressed with what they had done with the Star Wars land, or or maybe you didn't like it. You I know, you really no, I agree with it. what Joe said. No, 
<laughs> first experience in it. Uh, last time I was at Disney, it did not exist. It was still under construction. I think it was still the stunt show last time we went. I believe so, yeah. I think it still was but, the, the uh, epic stunt spectacular. The, again, the detail to everything it, it you you feel like you're on another planet you really do it it's it's really amazing even you know the cast members and stuff uh it's amazing i went to buy a souvenir uh coke uh in you got the thermal the, detonator thermal coke. detonator yeah. coke you know and uh i think it was six dollars or something like that i, I had to i had six dollars and the man said oh, no and the cast member well no sir i'm sorry it's six credits you know, uh, was actually took the time to uh, add that little thing to make it more, you know, realistic that, you know, we don't take your money when you have to have credits type thing. Uh, it, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, you know, any outer space Star Wars uh, or Star Trek or anything like that fan would would just, you know, when you're there. Boy, you're in the mood and and you really enjoy it. Yeah, and the the cast members that are there, I mean, they definitely are like the A team of cast members because you're right, like they really have to live those roles. Like as immersive as Pandora is, there's really no like walk around cast members, yeah. so you don't get that interaction like you do in Galaxy's Edge. But you're right, like they really have to be quick on their feet. They're committed to like, yeah, it's credits here, it's not money, it's off world. And then even on like Rise of the Resistance, I mean those. Um, cast members on the Star Destroyer act like they are Imperial officers or First Order officers, rather, and you know they're kind of yelling at you, and that's just basically improv for them. You know, it's it's they're they're trying to get you into a line without kind of saying, "Hey, you're in line here." So it, it's really well done. I imagine that they have the most fun of all the cast members, though, because they can actually be mean and like actually tell you what they're thinking but they they hide it and disguise it as their persona that they're ad adopting so it's it i'm sure it's very fun for them yeah totally i do gotta say i felt bad for chewbacca because he was out there oh in my the gosh. heat i mean of all the people you could send out they send out chewy when it's 95 out but all right so we did get a boarding group on rise of the resistance so our plan worked you know it wasn't a fluke last time checking the speed i checked the speed throughout all of the the places in the hotel to make sure I found the fastest internet connection right at seven o'clock. Mm, uh, what's the speed over here? I don't have to move three degrees this way. This is Joe. Like walking it, around. It worked because my lucky seat in the lobby, uh, it was slow this time. So I had to go outside to get a faster internet connection, but I did it. So we had, a, we had a pretty good boarding group. So we were able to get on a rise of the resistance. And last time it was the first time riding it for us. And I talked about, that I liked it, but I wasn't sure if it was my favorite attraction. And I think because it was like the first time I was kind of just so overwhelmed with what was going on. I got to say the second time here, it was on like a whole other level for me. Like I, I absolutely loved it. I was able to get kind of more drawn into the story because I think I wasn't so overwhelmed with trying to take everything in the first time, knowing that like, Hey, that was my first ride. I have to get it all in. Like this was my second time. I knew like, okay, I knew a little bit what to expect. I could kind of relax into the story. And it was just amazing. It it really did hit a whole other level. And I got to say, I think this is number one. I mean, the, I was a little bit lukewarm on it the first time, but after riding it the second time, like I thought more rides are going to help. I, I can't wait to ride it again. It is just absolutely mind-blowing what 
Disney can do, you know, in terms of, you know, trackless ride vehicles, everything that's, that's going on in it. Of course, it was my first time, first time experiencing anything like that. And, uh, and it, you really didn't know I what agree. to expect, right? right? It, it is a little bit overwhelming. I'm sure there's, there's a, quite a few things that I missed that, you know, I'll, I'll look for the next time if I'm fortunate enough to get to go back. But yeah, it, 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 it's, uh, it's quite immense. It's quite a, a large thing. There's parts you walk through, there's parts you ride through. Um, it keeps going all the time and there's something over to your right to see and something to your left to see. And, you know, it, it, it's difficult to take it all in. It's, it's the type of things like a great movie. You want to go back and see it again because you want to know what you missed. But uh, I'd have to say it, it's probably one of the most well-done attractions that you'll, you'd find anywhere, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's clearly the most technologically advanced thing the Imagineers have done. I will say, I think it helped this time. They weren't kind of rushing you through it as much. So we had a little yeah. bit more time in the hangar. You could take some pictures of the stormtroopers a little bit more. Like, I feel like we weren't as rushed through it, you know, and so you could kind of en- enjoy it more. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it it's a banger of an attraction. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just amazing. Angela, did you like it a little bit better? I know you're not like a huge Star Wars fan. I actually liked it less this time. Okay. Um, I think that it is really cool. There's a lot of different things going on, but I feel like I don't have it long enough to get into all of the different things that are in there. They all happen so quickly that it's just like, I don't know. It, to me, I actually, I think Flight of Passage is their best ride that they've ever done because I know, I mean, not as much anymore when I ride it, but it, it's still fun. Um, I feel like the first couple times I rode it, like whenever they would yell, what do they yell? Uh, Avec moi, what do they yell? That's that's French. Um, Sivako. Uh, Sivako. Uh, yeah, like it. I like legitimately will like pump my fist and yell Sivako. Like I, I think that ride is so much fun. Yeah, I, I just think that I think it's a great ride. I'm not t- gonna take that away from it, but I just think that you know, it's just not my favorite. And again, I think that that is partially just because Star Wars isn't my favorite. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about Flight of Passage. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we leave, okay. Before we leave Hollywood Studios, let's talk about the star of Ho- Hollywood Studios. What's that? Backlot Express. Yes, we did. Have, we did have Backlot Express. That, that was good. It's a good quick service place. It's it's a a nice place if you want to grab something to eat. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever eaten there before, but I got the uh, Southwest salad. And it was very tasty, um, very delicious. I thought that Disney did a really nice job of, you know, they do a nice job of providing really good, healthy options. Um, you know, this salad was pretty big. There were beans in it. It was hearty. Good for a vegetarian. I mean, yeah, good it vegetarian was, it, meal. And it, honestly, even good for if, good for somebody who's like, I don't want to eat greasy park food all the time. Uh, it, it was really delicious. I think we actually, I think we got it twice. I got it twice. We went back to Backlot Express the second time we went to Hollywood Studios and I got it again. So um, it was definitely a delicious salad that I, I would highly recommend. Yeah, back, Backlog Express um, was good. Yeah, I didn't mean to, to jump ahead, but you were kind of talking about Flight of Passage, so I thought maybe it would be a, <laughs> a good transition over to Pandora because that's the other big land over there, kind of the new land, um, which I, I still think as a land, it's better than Galaxy's Edge just because there's more greenery, there's there's the waterfalls, there's just kind of more 
energy in that land, even though there's not like the walk around characters and you know they don't have the drummers right now and everything. But just as a kind of a land and as a place, it it really takes you and envelops you and just has so much going on around it. I see, um, you know, Pandora and Galaxy's Edge as a really great blueprint for their best land that they're ever going to have. I think they're going to, whenever they have like Zootopia land or what, I think it's Shanghai. Is it in Shanghai? Yeah, they're building it in Shanghai. They actually yeah. just released some images of some animatronics they're working on. Yeah, there. The, the polar bear. Yes. It looks really awesome. But um, I think that that has the opportunity because it's fun and colorful and it could seem like buzzing and they can also put characters around there. Like, I think that that has the potential to be their best land because they can see how well the, what works well in Pandora, what works well in Galaxy's Edge. And I think that they can now marry those two and do a really good job in Zootopia. So I think, but you have a really good point. Like what one does really well, the other one doesn't quite do as well, but together, if they could kind of put them together, oh my goodness, it'd be incredible. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm, interested to see Avengers Campus because they really like push the needle in the other way in terms of kinetic energy and things going on in the land. So that's not as big as Galaxy's Edge or Pandora, but they have so many characters and so many shows and so much going on that they kind of saw the maybe complaints about Galaxy's Edge that there's just not a lot going on and kind of just push the needle in the other direction. Just like, all right, we'll throw so much at you. It changes weekly. Loki's wearing a different thing every week. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, so is that going to be too overwhelming? But yeah, I agree with you. If they can you know work to kind of marry those two together, um, it'll be great. Dad, what what did you think of uh, Pandora? I'll answer your question. Then I'll have a comment. Uh, I was overwhelmed by it. It's just so fantastic. The, the, uh, Planted in the clouds and 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 everything, the the sound effects uh, are, are just you know fantastic. The attractions are fantastic. It's really really super great, you know, especially for a first timer at Disney. Uh, it's a great thing. The comment is uh, on what you've been discussing. The great thing about Disney World is it is diverse. There are the different parks. There's the different attractions. A lot of people go there, and, and they go for a limited time. They may go for two, three days, and, and that's the time they ha- have to spend at Disney. If you're not a Star Wars fan and you're a fantasy fan, spend more of your time at at, at uh, Animal Kingdom and, and Pandora. If uh, you're an avid uh, Star Wars fan, now you may want to spend more of your time there. There's no attraction that they have that they present to you that is not great. You may say, well, I saw that and I liked it, but I, I wouldn't stand in line again because this isn't my, you know, really my thing. But there's always something to see. And uh, it's good to explore it, but if you're on a limited time basis, you might want to just decide and pick, you know, what you want to see. You could go to Galaxy's Edge and just ride the Millennium Falcon and, and have a great time and walk through and it'd be, it would be done without seeing all the other attractions. Um, same way with Pandora, but they're, they're, they're just fantastic um, things to see. Yeah, that, that's a great point in that even if you're not necessarily a huge fan of that fandom, Disney almost does it so well. Like we talked about when we first went to Pandora, like we yeah. saw the movie one time or like, Okay, this was cool, but that was like ten years ago. Who really cares about these, you know, Navi creatures and Avatar and all this stuff? Like all I hear is James Cameron's gonna make thirty more movies, but they keep <laughs> getting delayed. But then you go into Pandora and I'm like, 
I love this. I want to be a Navi now. And you ride Flight of Passage yeah. and you're like, this is the greatest thing in the world. And I don't even like this movie. Yeah. And, and Disney makes you love it. Frozen is the same way. Like riding Frozen ever after, I'm like, I'm all in on Frozen now. Let's go see the musical. I can't wait till Frozen 2 comes out. Like it, they do so well at these attractions that they do kind of make you love the properties behind them. I mean, even Star Wars, I know you're not huge on Star Wars, but you can appreciate the scope and the detail of the ride, even though you don't necessarily love the the franchise. The thing that really works well in Pandora is they create an entire, you know, James Cameron has created an entire ecosystem, which, and I mean, you know, everything kind of looks like something else, but between Navi River Journey and Flight of Passage, you get to see so much of this lush landscape that, you know, everything is a little off, a little different. All the animals are different and you get to see how they interact and how they're different. And I think that that the imagination that goes into it and the life that it kind of has, that's where I think it really shines. Oh, for sure. And we had ridden Soren before we did Flight of Passage. And dad, you had been on Soren before and you were kind of talking about, oh, I want to ride Soren. I like that because you're flying. We're like, wait till you ride Flight of Passage. So what was oh, that like being on, on that? Because we're like, after you ride yeah, that, I don't think you're we kind of ever like, even ask you that. This is the first time we've asked you this question. Yeah, we're like, Soren, who cares? But we, we wrote it because you wanted to. But you know, when you get on Flight of Passage, I mean, that's like Soren times 100. Yeah, you, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're on a living beast that, that's flying through this just fantastic, immense 3D uh, environment. Uh, it's so... It immerses you in it. It's it's really great. You're there. You're 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 not in a in a car or in a cl- seat close next to someone else. It, it, it's like you're all by yourself, and and it, it's made for you to feel that is it a banshee? Is that what yeah, they call banshee. it? You're you know you're the only you know your banshee is completely separate from anybody else's, and you're just flying through there. So it's very very well done. I mean, just the attention to detail is is wonderful. It it it's really great, and I, I know you know you had kind of joked, um, you've joked a couple of times. You're you're representing the AARP uh, crowd here, but you know, you joked there was a lot of walking. Like that was probably your one kind of downside. Always yelling at us that we were walking too fast, but that you kind of said, "Hey, I'd love to go back again, but if I if I do it again, I'm gonna spend more time at the hotel." You know, maybe just go at night for a firework show or something like that. You know, because again, it was so hot too. I mean, maybe not go. You know, when it's this hot, so that it, you know it's not uh, as tough being out there. I mean, I know, you know, we got tired. It was out there. Yeah, it was so I hot. Was, but you were pretty good. I got. I definitely was drained. And also, I did go to Florida with sunburn already, so I was already. <laughs> yeah, you're a real winner. You got burnt the day you left. So, but, <laughs> but the day I, before. Yeah, but but I think that's a good point, though, is that. You know, don't feel like you have to do it all because Disney's built that you can't do it all. I mean, they want to make sure that you have to come back for some reason. Right. You never run out of things to do while you're there. Yeah, that, that's correct. And so I think that that that's kind of a, a good thing. It's like, you know, don't try to do it all. Like you can just have fun if you just want to see the fireworks or if you just want to go ride a couple rides. Like when we went going into it, we said, hey, look. You know, whatever happens, if we can ride, you know, these six rides, all the new stuff that you hadn't ridden before and a couple of the, you know, our favorites like um, Space Mountain and stuff like that, like we'll be happy. 
Anything right. else is gravy. And you almost have to go in like that, you know, especially as, as things open back up more and crowds come back, you know, don't try to do it all. You know, it's okay to kind of go back to the hotel and, you know, rest for a few hours. So you have some more steam at the end of the night. <laughs> Cause you're going to enjoy it more if you're not yeah, dead and, tired. And it's less crowded too in, in the evening, you know, morning right. and evening is, is less crowded. And again, we went uh, over a holiday weekend, uh, limited time, uh, fit this little vacation in uh, sort of at the last minute and, and went down. If you take a little more time, uh, a lot of people make uh, their trip to Disney a you know a week-long vacation or whatever. And uh, some people, you know, they want to see other attractions. Uh, last time we went down five years ago, uh, we took two days and went to Universal. Exactly. So pe- people do this type of thing. Yes, I was willing. You know, we, we kind of went, uh, you know, as a team this time. And, uh, you know, try to keep up with one another and stay together and enjoy that family uh, vacation type situation. We were but, your yeah, tour guides. We were. Absolutely my tour guides. And uh, it, it, made, it made it special. Now, again, I think it's very good for people to listen to your podcast who are interested in, in vacationing. Because <laughs> it gives them an idea what to look for, what to see, what's really worth it. What not to miss? If you just went down there on your own and didn't know about it, I mean, I didn't even, I wasn't really even that much aware of what Pandora was at at, at Disney, that type of thing. So uh, do your research, listen to experts like the podcasts, your Disney guides and things like that, and you know, plan your vacation. We need, we need you to can have fun. We need to make you, Joe. You need to make that a, a soundbite. I was just you would think we paid him. You yeah, would yeah. think we paid him to say all this stuff. We did take him out for a really nice dinner prior to this for Father's Day. So maybe, oh, maybe, maybe a little bribery. What... Yeah, working out there. So, <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll wrap up here though with like kind of a couple quick thoughts. So, uh, one, Angela, you and I did beaches and cream, delicious as always. Uh, frozen sunshine was incredible. I love it. We got an outdoor seat, which was great. Got to hang oh, out right by yeah. the pool there. It was at night. It was like... Yeah, it cooled down. We did like 9 o'clock at night. So after a day of walking, it was great. Love beaches and cream. Yeah, it cooled down considerably, but it was still kind of warm outside, which was great because, you know, like ice cream and having a little bit of warmth, like I get cold very easily. So yeah, that was, that was really nice. Also, another thing that I don't know if you have it on your list, but if you want to go golf... Um, do the little mini golf. Oh, mini golf, yeah. Yeah, if you want to do that, you need to like you should make reservations or call ahead because we th- walked up and we had to wait. I think it was forty five minutes to an hour right. to do the um the course that was I think the it's the Fantasia Gardens course. It's the only one that's open right now. It's over by the Swan and Dolphin. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had to wait, but they have two courses there. It was the um there was like the Fairways course. Um, that was the one that we had to do, and then there was another one that had all like the cute the characters. Fantasia stuff. Yeah, and that was even longer wait. Yeah, yeah and that was like uh, I think a seventy five minute wait. So we didn't we chose not to do that, and then we ended up having to leave early we didn't even finish it because we had to, to go do something else well that was our day leaving so we had to leave to catch the bus back to the airport right exactly. yeah so we got we got about halfway way through that so that's so. a that's a hot tip because i we didn't really realize that, that gets as busy as it did um it seemed like everywhere that we were it was a lot busier than we thought it was going to be even when we went back to the pool midday we were shocked by how crowded the pool was so um just you know again crowds are back keep that stuff in mind yep the other thing i wanted to mention 
Tower of Terror. Angela, you got to eat crow a little oh, bit on this. I have to eat so much crow. You, we've, you have been avoiding Tower of Terror I the have. past few times we've gone because the wait's been a little bit longer and you've gone, hey, it, you know, it's not Mission Breakout. It's not even the good version. Yeah. It was about a half an hour wait. So I said, we're riding it. We wanted to ride it this time. And I got off of it. And I said, that was great. I don't care what you say. That was that was good. And I will say, Mission Breakout still is a smoother ride profile, but I love Tower of Terror. And you did too. Yeah, I was like, oh. I mean, I think part of it, though, was the fact that we don't ride it every time we go. So it was fun. It almost seemed new to us. And it, it, it was, you know, I love the locking mechanism when you get in. I loved, okay, the hilarious thing that happened when we were on the on this ride, there was a little boy and we went through the the part where the fourth dimension yeah. part, yeah, because I, I kind of you forgot know, about that. Where yeah, the, where all the little ghosts the tra- and things. Yeah, well, you actually move out. I mean, right. this is that's different than the other tower right, terrors. Right. We actually have well, that fourth dimension. Well, the scene. little boy goes, "That's not that scary." And then it go, it went. Well, the lights go out, and yeah. then the lights went out, and then he goes, "Okay, that now this is scary." Like it was so funny and so well timed. Everyone in our car laughed. Um, that actually, I mean, that partially made that ride just to begin with it and was then, a ton of fun it yeah was, we had it a was lot great. of fun i felt like we never fell that far well um, that that is that was my one thing is it's it's a lot of just smaller up and downs to kind of startle you because it is more of like the twilight zone startling versus mission breakout which is you're basically going kind of top to bottom more yeah. with the music and it's more about having fun than kind of that like jerky motion so mission breakout to me is still a little bit better because it's smoother but I have a newfound appreciation for Tower right, of Terror like, again. I will be making you ride it no, when we go more be, often. No, you won't because I will be saying, you know, let's before we it. hit Toy Story Land, before we go to Galaxy's Edge, let's go make sure we ride Tower of Terror because I thought that was, it was so much fun. Yeah, so I, I will eat all the crow. It was That's one of the best rides in Hollywood Studios. It is. It's a, it's a great ride and there's not much in Hollywood Studios, so it's good that that, that <laughs> one's good. All right, so let's talk about favorite part of the whole trip. Uh, my favorite part of the whole trip, which we didn't even talk about, was walking around Animal Kingdom, and there were tons and tons of cast members out in front of all of the different animals. I got a chance to ask all of my little questions, um, you know, learn some really interesting things. Yeah, we found out there's a tribunal to name any new animal, essentially, that they has to go to a committee, and it has to get, like, signed off by a bunch of different people to make sure there's no, like, legal issues with the names. Um, that was pretty interesting. You were chatting with some cast members there telling you about that. And the other part that was really interesting is when we went, we actually saw the baby zebra out. And it was really because it it hadn't been out. You know, it, I, I even said something to somebody I, earlier and they said, oh, no, no, he he's not out on display yet. And then when we went on, like we went on the ride, he was out on like a blanket. And then we were when we were walking around, I actually told the cast member, oh, yeah, we saw the baby zebra. And he's like, what? No, that, that he's not out. And I showed him the picture. He's like, oh my gosh, this is like the first time he's ever been out. He was so genuinely excited that that baby zebra is out. So, I mean, again. Yeah, the people that work at Animal Kingdom, like the, the caretakers of the animals, genuinely enjoy working with those animals. I right. mean, you can, you can really tell. You know, they're not just somebody's like, hey, I want to work at Disney. I'm a ride operator, you know, whatever. I mean, they are specialized in that they care for animals and, and it really comes across um, in all your interactions with them. Yeah, exactly. So I just enjoy chatting them up, talking to them and and finding out a, about the animals because they're there. They have to be there. They want to answer questions. They are, they want you to be curious. So I just thought that was even um, there were custodians like 
we were asked, we were chatting up the, like the, the custodians were walking around talking about their favorite places and showing us, um, hidden animals, and yeah, hidden Mickey's and animals on the tree of life. I mean, everyone there just has such a great love for the park. Um, and they kind of give them that like free reign to interact with people and make it extra special. So I think that was my favorite part and the food. <laughs> All right. You always love the food. I always love the food. All right. Dad, what was your favorite part of the trip? Wow. That's uh that's a tough question. Favorite? I would say everything. Uh, my least favorite, I'll tell you, uh, everything was favorite. My least favorite was the restrictions on the, uh, the ride attractions, the, the plexiglass shields between seats and things like that. It was really bad on Frozen. Yeah. Frozen was the worst uh, yeah. because the water spray on that, and they really didn't clean those off. That, that made it tough. If you weren't in the front seat on Frozen... Yeah. You got was, a you got a bad view. Yeah, yeah, it was tough to see on some of the attractions, but but really, you know, you guys go there more often. You expect things, but it it lived up to every expectation. Everyone does an excellent job. There's just nothing not to like. Uh, it 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 it's great. Maybe the company I was with is the only bad thing, but uh, <laughs> you know, I was just gonna add. You know, my other favorite part was was being with Williams, but you know what? I think I take that back. That was not my favorite part anymore. Oh no, Whatever. no, no! You should say that it was. You should say. It. <laughs> right, well, what was your favorite attraction though? Uh, out of kind of all the new stuff that you got to experience, my favorite I would have to say is a toss up between Flight of Passage and Rise of the Resistance. So those those are two things that uh, I've never experienced before. It was brand new to me, both of them. Uh, I, you know, they're a toss up as to which one was the greatest, but. Uh, uh, every new attraction just seems to get better and better at Disney. Yeah, I, I got to say, I mean, one, Skyliner's still great. <laughs> Joe's favorite attraction. I'm going to miss the Skyliner when we start saying like the Poly. We talked yeah. about we got DVC at the Poly, so not going to get to ride the Skyliner as much. Hopefully they extend it out to some of these other resorts. You know, we didn't talk about like we went to Disney Springs. I still, that's like my favorite place to be down in Walt Disney World, just oh, hanging out down there. We forgot to mention the watermelon Dole Whip. The water, we did. Yeah, the, the watermelon, watermelon limes Dole Whip. Um, delicious, refreshing, just real quick on that. Uh, the only thing that I would complain about is I got the twist and there was m- way more lime than there was watermelon. The lime was delicious, but when I got a good bite that had a mixture of both, it was incredible. So um, yeah, highly recommend. Yeah, but that I think is my... That's my favorite part, I think, of going down to Walt Disney World at this point is just kind of the atmosphere of just being down there. Like, I I really just enjoy, like we said, sitting by the pool, eating ice cream and peaches and cream. I mean, just kind of sitting down by the water, grabbing something to eat, walking around Disney Springs. I mean, just being in these spaces is almost enough for me at this point. Like, that's just... That's almost what I remember is just kind of that time just kind of spent walking around, you know, not necessarily, you know, the attractions are great and stuff like that, but you don't really remember waiting in line or anything. You, you kind of just remember the atmosphere is what really sticks with you. But I will say best attraction, Rise of the Resistance. I mean, it really, it really stepped up for me. And I think I'm going to remember that from this trip as that second ride, something really did click for me even more. Yeah, I, I mean, I will say I do remember waiting in line because I remember those like 20 minutes where I decided I was going to use the backpack as a weight when we were waiting for Slinky Dog Dash and I made a little a little workout for in there. That was pretty fun. Um, so that that was memorable. Just catching on something that Joe said, uh, 
I believe the greatest illusion in Walt Disney World is there are no insects. <laughs> there's no bugs. There's no mosquitoes. There's nothing to annoy you. Don't know how they do it. Glad they do it. But it was a wonderful experience. It's the little things. <laughs> well, we'd like to thank Merriam-Webster uh, for joining us today. Um, he did a great job. Busted Mary. out some SAT words. Yeah, exactly. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. And thanks for going to Disney with us. Oh, thanks for taking me. Yeah, th <laughs> thanks for being on the show. Hopefully this was a, a good trip recap for you know anyone listening, anybody thinking about going. I know, again, as things go more and more back to normal, people are considering going to Disney just because they haven't been there in a year and a half, and so they want to go back. And I know, you know the last time we went, that was a pretty well-received episode, kind of our trip recap. So hopefully this, you know, helps people with some decisions, you know, going forward, uh, you know, again, stuff's getting lifted. Um, so it, it's kind of all changing and we'll be going to Disneyland next month. And so we'll have a, a recap about what Disneyland uh, is like when we get back from there. We're really excited to check out Aven Avengers Campus and actually check out Pixar Pier because we haven't seen that yet. Yes, ex exactly. It wasn't open last time we were there. So really looking forward to that. So I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. Make sure you leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, it really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you here next Monday with our interview with Kevin Lima. Very excited for that. Bye-bye.